Welcome one and all to episode 139 of the original Giraffe Breakdown Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Cox. With me tonight, my co-host, Justin Higdon. And Justin, uh, we talked about it a little bit last week and said don't bet on these bowl games because crazy stuff happens. And sure enough, a bunch of stuff, crazy stuff happens, right? Uh, through the first weekend of, of the college football bowl season. And we're back to talk more about bowls. Uh, but before we do that, how's, how are things going, man? How are you guys ready for the holidays with your two lovely girls? We are, we are ready. Um, my beautiful wife celebrated a birthday last week. Um, we did some ex- exchange of gifts at that point, because we're going to be visiting grandma uh, for Christmas and we want to uh, lessen the load of what we have to bring back. So our kids have kind of had like a, a prolonged Christmas already. So now they're on winter break. Everybody goes back the beginning of January. So we'll get a little, little bit of help with the babysitting from grandma. Very nice. Enjoy your, uh, your trip down to florida and but we're going to talk a little bit about college football today uh get into the upcoming bowl games we'll take you through tuesday wednesday and thursday on this free episode if you want all the info on the friday and saturday and next monday and tuesday games well you need to subscribe to our patreon uh, where you can get the bonus episode every week uh, for just $2 a month. Justin has fantastic uh, information on each and, and like high quality breakdowns on each of the prospects uh, in the bowl games. So if you want that extra information, you can subscribe for $4 a month. But Justin, before we get going uh, on the, on the bowl games coming up, let's look at the bowl games from the weekend and just some of the highlights. We're just going to highlight some things. The first one, um, there's a new king of the mountain in college football, passing yardage, and amazingly, single-season touchdowns. Yeah, Bailey Zappi, who came up from, uh, I think he was at Houston Baptist in the FCS, and he came up as a grad transfer to play at Western Kentucky this year. So one season in the FBS and he becomes the all-time single season leader in passing yards. He broke the record that had previously been held by BJ Simons from Texas Tech. And then he broke the very young touchdown pass record that that Joe Burrow set back in 2019. Zappi finished with, I believe, 61 touchdowns or maybe 62 even because he passed yeah 62 yeah so that's the new record he's just shy of six thousand yards passing on the season they pulled him with like 33 yards to go so i think a lot of people were upset that they pulled him out but western kentucky was dominating that game blowing out blowing the other team out and uh they cruised to a victory uh they were playing app state and i thought app state was gonna put up more of a fight and that's why we tell you not to bet on these games. Yeah, and one of the things that I found out uh, talking to one of our good buddies, Kyle Posey, is that one of the keys to these games, if you guys really are degenerates, um, which if you listen to this podcast, you probably are de- degenerate. Uh, one of the keys to bet the betting is look at the game and look who it's going to mean more to. 
Um, and for instance, you know, you, you mentioned you expected to see more from App State, but Western Kentucky and Bailey Zappi were playing for more, right? Like they had that record in their sights. So they were going to do everything they could to, to get Bailey Zappi those numbers. Um, and so, you know, that made sense. You look at, you look at the Liberty Eastern Michigan game, uh, Malik Willis opted in and left the flames on a high note. They just absolutely rolled through Eastern Michigan, uh, 56 to 20 Willis finished with 231 yards and three passing touchdowns. Um, I believe he also had two rushing touchdowns. So five touchdowns in the game and uh, much like Zappy, he was able to uh, sit some late in the game, uh, which is shocking when you think about these bowl games <clears throat> getting that lopsided and out of hand. Yeah, and I think it was really, for Willis, this was a really good uh, showing because he he had some trouble with turnovers during the second half of the year. Threw more picks this season than he had thrown uh, the previous season. So that was starting to leave a bad taste in people's mouth. This is going out on a high note. Three, The three passing touchdowns, the two rushing touchdowns, and zero turnovers um, in a bowl game. So it's like you said, there's something to be said for when one team has something to play for. And I think for Malik Willis, he wanted to end his season on a strong note. And so he did play. And uh, we saw – Zappy and Willis, two quarterbacks who are slated to go to the Senior Bowl, who decided to play in their bowl game. And we know that two uh, other quarterbacks, Kenny Pickett and Carson Strong, have already opted out and won't be playing in their bowl game. So it's um, these guys are making personal decisions, um, business-related decisions, but Willis wanted to leave something on the field on his before he uh, heads into draft season. Whereas I think Pickett, you know, finishing second in the Heisman, Voting and, and strong, maybe because of concerns about his knee, had good reasons to opt out too. So um, it's just it, it's interesting to see which guys will play and which ones won't. And that's a good reminder for when we go through these previews. We might talk about somebody and they might opt out and not, not to play <clears throat> at the last minute. So that is something to keep an eye on. You know, I'm going to try and highlight players that are expected to play. On, on the uh, previews on the Patreon too, but there might be a last-minute decision not to play or a reason not to play. We saw that with uh, Ronnie Rivers from Fresno State. He was a last-minute last scratch in their bowl game over the weekend. So just something to keep in mind. Don't, don't get mad at me or Seth because we talk about a guy who ends up not playing. Uh, we're trying to keep up to speed on that, but we, it's not always known. Yeah, and it's uh, it's interesting you talked about it, Zappi and Malik Willis opting in, so to speak, to play. And you mentioned it, to leave on a high note, not just for a season, but for a career, right? Like, that's a, that's a huge way to finish out your career. And a guy like Zappi especially, that doesn't look to have the best prospects heading into the pros um not that he won't get drafted or won't you know and something we'll talk about but um you know he's not a guy that is going to 
pique a lot of interest even in a in a down year quarterback class. So, and then like you said, Willis Willis had struggled uh, at times. And you and I have talked about it. A lot of it comes down to the fact that he's basically a one-man crew, right? Um, <clears throat> so for him to go out and remind everybody, like when he's playing against uh, teams that are equally as talented as Liberty in just terms of pure talent, but um, he's on the field, he's that freaking good. Like, he's got that ability. And so I think there was a good reminder for a lot of people. Carson Strong and Kenny Pickett, as you mentioned, opted out. Um, and then, not a surprise, probably the right move. Probably, you know, quite frankly, I would have been okay if he would have done it sooner. Brees Hall has opted out as well. Let's go back to this, you know, conversation because we've seen it with, um, I believe it was Chase Young, right, that got nicked up in Ohio State and decided to kind of opt out the rest of the his career, so to speak. Basically well, saying well, Nick Bosa did it. Nick, Nick Bosa, Bosa, sorry. Definitely did. Um, yeah, and, think- and so with those guys, now obviously Hall didn't get nicked up, but do you think it's something that we may see start to happen um, in college football where guys – at big programs when when they're basically out of contention for college football playoffs are going to opt out now like a Kenny Pickett needed every rep he got right like he had to play every game he needed to be able to um, become you know that number two in the Heisman type of stuff uh, in order to help his overall standing but a guy like Hall that wasn't going to do anything more, um, wasn't going to, you know, benefit from ter- in terms of, you know, postseason uh, award type things. Would he have been smarter to, you know, opt out and maybe not risk injury? Now, obviously it worked out, so it's not a big deal. But do you think that's something that we'll see soon? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think we're already seeing it more and more each year. Um, where the, the guys from and, – and I think you're going to see this like Ohio State finished we, – and we talked about this. Ohio State, Notre Dame finished fifth and sixth. We've already know, known that uh, Kyron Williams and, and Kyle Hamilton are opting out for the for Notre Dame in those bowl games. Ohio State's been pretty quiet. We we do know that some players, Haskell Garrett, Tyreek Smith, and um, I believe Zach Harrison, who hasn't decided if he's declaring or not, are all planning on playing in the bowl game. But it's been really quiet on the Olave and Garrett Wilson front. Um, we also don't know if Jeremy Rockert's going to play in the bowl game. So there, there could be – you could still see uh, players opting out from the high-profile teams. And, and we're going to talk about uh, this when we get to the Florida game. And also uh, when we talk about um, – you know, we'll go through. A lot of these, I think, have – a lot of these games have players who might decide not to, not to play in these games. Like Florida, for example, Zachary Carter – has already their defensive lineman's already opted out. So, <clears throat> yeah, I definitely think it's going to be more and more common, and it's definitely become acceptable in the eyes of the scouting world. Whereas um, in the past, you know, say ten years ago, people would have questioned the competitiveness. Uh, you never saw quarterbacks do it. Now you're seeing quarterbacks do it. So, um, for some guys like Willis, it might make sense for them to play and and uh, 
put one one more last piece of good tape out there for a guy like Pickett. He did enough on the field during his uh, his season to not have to worry about it, and uh, and certainly that pertains to Brees Hall too, which is too bad because uh, there's a rumor that we're going to have uh, an original draft breakdown podcast presence at the Cheez It Bowl. So it's a shame that uh, anyone who might go to that game doesn't get to see Brees Hall, but you had plenty of chances <laughs> to see him before that. Tuesday begins bowl week back up, although, you know, we're going to get some fantastic COVID NFL football, too, on Tuesday this week. Uh, but for those of you that are interested in the NFL draft, uh, you and I'm not joking about this, uh, you may want to watch Wyoming versus Kent State because they have a... Wyoming has a dynamic linebacker who's going to get a chance to see where he stacks up against a very athletic uh, quarterback. Uh, Chad Muma, the linebacker for Wyoming, he'll be at the Senior Bowl, so we'll get a, see a lot of him. We're going to get a lot of um, great reports on him coming out. I guarantee it glowing reports because of how athletic he is. Uh, but he's going to have to contain Dustin Crum, who's a really solid college um, athlete and quarterback. Um, you know, I don't know if Crum is a guy that's going to translate to the NFL, but I can tell you he's got good athleticism, and that's, you know, that's a step in the right direction for him even making it in the NFL. Yeah, I'm a little surprised that Crum doesn't get more mention. I mean, we do it a draft podcast and we haven't talked about Dustin Crum all season long, but so we're guilty as well, but he's a, a player that I think is, should probably be a little bit more highly thought of coming into this draft class. You know, um, I think some people will disagree with what you said about Zappy, whereas he's kind of caught the interest of, of draft Knicks and the NFL. He's got a senior bowl spot and some people are talking about him like a day two prospect i don't agree with that but but that's where you're here you're starting to hear some talk about that crumb in the meantime has been like completely forgotten and perhaps that's because people still you know does he take advantage of the extra year of eligibility it doesn't sound like he's going to because he's accepted a shrine bowl uh, invite so this is a chance for you know you've got a a couple standouts, one on defense for Wyoming, one on offense for Kent State, and they get a chance to kind of face off against each other before going to their respective All-Star games. So it's the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. It's going to be played on that blue turf in Boise and should be a good one. Again, I don't know why they make these poor teams from Wyoming and Kent State go play in Idaho. Let them go down to Florida or... Arizona or Southern California and enjoy the weather, man. Uh, on, on the other side, on the other side of that though is if you win the potato bowl, you get to throw potatoes out to the crowd. So. Yeah, exactly. Because um, I wouldn't want you guys to have to throw cacti here. So. <laughs> uh, we've got the Frisco Bowl, San Diego State versus UTSA, University of Texas San Antonio. This was interesting because until. UTSA's kind of end of season uh, crash. This could have been a game where that featured an undefeated team, right? Yeah, UTSA kind of ran out of steam, but they have some NFL prospects, and um, 
Notably, running back Sincere McCormick is opting out. He won't be playing in this game, so you won't get to see him. He, I think he was he was a top five in total rushing yards this season, but he's going to move on. He's declared and not playing. They've got a couple other guys, though. Tariq Woolen and Spencer Burford. Uh, Woolen's a cornerback, and Burford is a guard. Those guys are both senior bowl invites. And I would not be shocked uh, to see, especially Woolen, opt out because he's getting he's been talked about uh, as a potential uh, as early as second round pick. He's tall. He's like six three, six four, uh, really tall cornerback, and interesting prospect. With those two guys having Senior Bowl invites secured and accepted, wouldn't be a surprise to see either or both of them opt out as well. But as of now, as of this recording. Both appear to be ready to play in that game. And then uh, San Diego State, they've been known for their defense throughout the season. But the player I want to spotlight is their tight end, Daniel Bellinger. And so Daniel Bellinger is a player to watch for them on offense. Usually it's their defense that gets the attention. Wednesday we have the Armed Forces Bowl. Um, I like this this game because it gives us you know another look at at one of these you know army navy uh or the air force every year uh and it, i think it's fun for them and they usually get to go up against a an opponent that they won't usually get a chance to play uh this year the armed forces bowl wednesday army versus mizzou it's always tough to see prospects on army um they do have one right the defensive lineman i believe um, they have a defensive lineman or is that an underclassman, but okay. we, um, probably not. You don't, you don't really often see players from the Armed Forces Academies declare early. Um, Navy does have one. We'll talk about him when we preview. Or I guess they don't have a bowl game. They were terrible. But they have yeah. a, a linebacker named uh, Diego Fago, and he is planning on entering the draft. But anyways, this game has a couple – Senior prospects from Mizzou, a cornerback, Caleb Evans, and he is a senior bowl accepted invite. And then you got uh, running back Tyler Beatty, and Tyler rushed for 1,612 yards this year. He scored 18 total touchdowns from scrimmage. Uh, he's a player who's got experience returning kicks, and I believe he also led the team with 54 catches. So I think that was tops on Mizzou. So this is a player who... You know, their whole entire offense ran through Tyler Beatty this year. And uh, I guess the question is, will he play? And as of this recording, it seems that he's planning to. But, you know, things could change. Uh, again, like I said, w with Ronnie Rivers, we didn't know until he came out for the coin toss and his street clothes that he wasn't playing in that game. So those are the two guys I would watch. It's interesting. You, you're not going to get a great viewing of a cornerback against army though no yeah so you'll see if the corner can play the run right that'll be the big takeaway from this one right um thursday another game in frisco texas because why not the frisco football classic miami of ohio versus north texas um two senior bowl bound talents in this game yeah these guys are both for um miami the red hawks and uh you got Sterling Weatherford, who's like 
a tweener. He's a he's a big safety, kind of small linebacker type, 220 pounds, uh, 220 plus pounds, I should say. And then they got the uh, the pass rusher, Dominique Robinson. And Dominique Robinson is an interesting case because he was a receiver who converted to pass rusher. And he has not been at it that long. He's only been playing defense for a couple of years now. So if you look uh, at his season this year, you know, the statistics aren't going to wow you. He had uh, four and a half sacks, eight and a half tackles for loss. But you have to consider, again, that this is only basically the guy's second year playing playing defense. He only played defense in 2020, which they only played three games or, you know, not even a handful of games. And then in 2021, he played on the defensive side. He had 27 catches in over his first two seasons. So you can imagine how big of a receiver he was. He's 6'4 and 250 plus pounds. Um, but they, they're really intrigued. Uh, the scouting community is really intrigued by his athletic upside. You know, you have to be a, a good athlete to play receiver. If you can translate that athleticism to the defensive side of the ball, could be an interesting pass rush pro- prospect. I'm a little surprised to get a senior bowl invite though, but they must really, really want to see him go up against the best O lineman and see how he can do. Yeah. And I see, I appreciate when they do stuff like that and give a guy that's been dominant at a smaller level, so to speak, uh, the chance to show what they can do. Um, finally, the Gasparilla bowl, Central Florida versus Florida. Um, this is, I mean, this is a game that's all about what should have been for Florida, right? Yeah, I mean, Florida did not have the year that uh, they would have hoped. Certainly to get, finish it with a 500 record, you got your coach fired, your quarterbacks in the transfer portal, and as I mentioned, Zachary Carter, he's opting out of this game. We might see more players follow in his footsteps. We know that their best, uh, their best receiver, Jacob Copeland, has entered the transfer portal. So, uh, yeah, this has not been a good a good year for Florida, and yet they're six and a half point favorites here, which is just another example of why you should not bet on this game because you know how. Uh, much more it's going to mean for UCF and their coach Gus Malzahn to come out of this with a win than Florida, a team in transition with star players transferring and opting out. Um, one team has something to play for here, and that's not the Gators. Uh, this game is, uh, you, as you mentioned, the Gasparilla Bowl. Any, want to take any guess where this one gets played? It's got to be in Florida because there's two Florida teams. It is in Florida. It's in St. Petersburg at the beautiful Tropicana Field that everybody loves. That's an awful I I mean at least at least the at least where it's at is good, but yeah, that's awful. You gotta wonder too, man. Like these two Florida teams, they get to go play in the Tropicana Dome and maybe they would have liked the trip to Boise, Idaho. Right, exactly. Um I mean if you finish like six and six in the Mac, you get to go to the Bahamas. Right. But if you're Florida, you got to go to St. Pete, which I like St. Pete. Uh, I just know that field is a dump. Yeah, that's kind of sucky for those kids. Uh, Hot take before we get out of here. Bailey Zappi, we talked about at the show's open, the undisputed king of 
college football passing. Um, it you know there's a lot of hyperbole for these things, and so Roger Sherman, I believe of where is he? Um, yeah, the Ringer. That's what I thought. Um, said. Now, you know, Bailey Zappi now has 61 passing TDs and 59-plus hundred passing yards, undisputably the greatest passing season in college football history. Um, another one of these talked about how the 61 touchdowns um, he did in basically 13 and a half games, and, and he finished with 62 on the season, sorry, 62 in 13 and a half games. Um, you know, and, and it took Joe Burrow 15. Not to take, I mean, there's literally nothing you can say or do to take away how well Zappy played this year. But the greatest passing season in college football history, um, I mean, there's a reason, right, that guys that are fantastic in college, like, uh, Colt Brennan and uh, and uh, B.J. Simons and, and and these guys that played at Texas Tech in Hawaii uh, that hold all these fantastic passing records. Um, there's a reason why when Joe Burrow did it and Mac Jones did it, they you know were top you know either Heisman winners or Heisman candidates, right? As opposed to unfortunately these guys not even being like up for the, what is it, the um, Davey O'Brien Award, or, like, not winning the Davey O'Brien Award, right? Right. I mean, that's that's the understanding that the, that the competition uh, in the Conference USA doesn't stack to the competition that Joe Burrow faced. You know, people have short memories. Joe Burrow threw for over 450 yards and uh, 12 touchdowns and zero picks in the playoffs that year, the year that he set the record. Uh, you know, he he was facing Oklahoma and then Alabama. I mean, sorry, Oklahoma and then Clemson in the championship game. You know, he threw for uh, against Alabama that year, three touchdowns, no picks, and he was twenty, and he was uh, threw for three hundred ninety three yards in that game. You know, um, people have really short memories when it comes to this kind of thing. And you're right; that's why you don't see uh, Zappy talked about as a potential first round pick. You don't. You don't see him um, nominated for these awards. I mean, he probably should have been nominated for, for um, you know, the, the Davy O'Brien or what the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm or, or one of these passing awards. But, um, you know, then he's got he's he's stacked up then against like Bryce Young, against C.J. Stroud, Kenny Pickett, all guys who played in tougher conferences and played tougher opponents and had bigger games against them and they all play for better teams than you know five lost team out of conference usa so it's just it's it's not uh the voters under seem to understand it some of the football writers don't seem to understand uh that there it should at least be an argument over whether or not it's the greatest passing season of all time what's not an argument is he did break the records and he did it in fewer games than uh he did he did a touchdown record in fewer games than joe burrow like you said so uh, certainly a, an exciting season. I think the best part of it is that he made that jump from the FCS and and did this. This means that they 
they got a steal when they got him at that F- FCS level. And it seems like a lot of big universities missed out on a player who could have been helpful for them for four years instead of just one final year. Yeah, and it goes to show how hard it is to find these, you know, it, or not find these guys, but, you know, identify these guys coming out. And then you you have these uh, these guys that miss out. And I, I do think that often, you know, too often, and this is recruiting stuff, so let's not get too far into it, but it's, it is it is similar to the NFL draft, right? You When you talk about, like, recruiting these five-star and four-star quarterbacks and then there's the two-star guy that – or the, you know, two- or three-star guy that works substantially harder or, you know, grew later or um, – played at a small school type thing, right? Like all of that comes in to play as well. So it's, you know, it is what it is. Um, again, not we, we weren't trying to take anything away from Zappi. Everything he did was phenomenal. He had an otherworldly season. Um, it's just, it's always funny to me how the hyperbole plays out in those type of things though. Yeah. It- and it, it is funny. It's entertaining. I mean, it's what people do on Twitter. They make uh, outrageous statements. They say things like, uh, you know, like like what Roger said. Or they they'll say, you know, just outrageous things to try and get engagements. Um, but I would not take uh, Zappy's season objectively over Burroughs. I mean, I think that's the, probably the best quarterback season we've ever seen, and uh, at least in the at least in the, you know, BCS and now playoff era, you know, where a guy puts together those kind of statistics for a top team, team that goes on to win a championship. Um, so I, I guess what I'm saying is at least it's up for debate. Uh, but we do like to see that Zappi played a season at the FBS level. Now he's going to get a chance to go to the Senior Bowl. You, this happened with uh, Taylor Henneke when he was at uh, Old Dominion, Old Dominion, got bumped up to FBS by the end of Henneke's run. So he got a chance to show that he could compete at an FBS level as well. And then later uh, at one of the All-Star games, he was at the Shrine game. I'm not sure if he got a, uh, a call up from that or not. But then you, you had, uh, conversely, Jimmy Garoppolo, who played his entire college career at the FCS level. And we didn't get to see him against uh, FBS players until he got to the senior bowl. So I, I always like it when a guy has a full season of FBS football to, you know, judge him on and not just, you know, like Carson Wentz where he was a man among boys in the FCS and then just gets a, a tremendous amount of senior bowl hype for a week of practice. We never got to see him play FBS games. Exactly. And so, you know, it's it's fun to see that come to fruition and a guy, you know, basically, I mean, prove everybody wrong that doubted him, right? Anything else before we get out of here? Uh, just uh, thanks to our listeners. Thanks to the patrons. Again, two bucks a month gets you the extra bonus episode every week. And depending on schedules next week, we might have to limit the – we might have to limit it to a patron only episode. Just depends on how much time we have uh, with all the kids being home from school and whatnot. But um, for four bucks a month, yet like Seth said, I've written up a preview of every single bowl game so far. We're up uh, through um, the games that 
I'm almost done with uh, up through Tuesday's games this week. Those go in a little bit more detail than we can on the show. And I mentioned some players that we probably didn't have time to mention on, on some of the shows. So make sure you check those out. It's four bucks a month to get the extra episode plus the articles. And that'll be it from us. Thanks for listening. As always, as Justin said, check out our Patreon if you want the extra content. And we appreciate you guys listening. Have a great night, everybody. We need to do an outro at some point. Just something kind of... What I hear in other shows is where they're like, uh, you know, uh, subscribe and give us a five-star review. Sign up for our Patreon. It's $2 a month for our bonus episodes, $4 a month for all additional content. Something like that. Yeah, we should work on something like that. That could be it right there. A read, yeah. That's it. Exactly.